You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to the Wig Hackers Podcast with me, Daniel Coy. I will take you behind the scenes of the hair side of the entertainment industry. You never know where my rants will go, so stay tuned. Hey, Wig Hackers, welcome back to the Wig Hackers Podcast with Daniel Coy. Well, a treat for you, that's for sure. The absolute treasure who has brought us some amazing, fun, interactive experiences. Shelby Bond, he's a theater producer. We are going to go deep dive and how he has created his worlds and where it goes. Yes, I love like how you created your hair. How, goodness, that I love it. I, I, you know, I, it was probably ninth or 10th grade when I got like a, a body wave and a frosting. And I thought I was so, it, I look at my, my yearbook pictures now and I'm like, but you know what? It's back in like to have fun, you know, as opposed to like be kind of serious with your hair. And I love, I love your hair. Oh, thanks. I blew out my hair, everyone. For those who are listening that can't tune in and see it. But um, yeah, yeah, I did my, I, I blew it out as always, you know. Um, How did you, well, I'm going to jump right in because sure. that's how we go. Like, how did you get involved in theater? Why theater first off? Well, my mother was the was a fashion editor at Women's Wear Daily in New York when I was growing up, and at the same time she started writing more and more, and uh, then became a theater writer and producer. And I so I grew up in the theater, and um, I, of course uh, after high school uh, I was like I'm moving to Los Angeles, California, uh. and uh, you know I was like I'm going to be in movies, but. The thing is, and this happens with a lot of people that move to LA to be in movies, they spent their whole life doing theater and they come out here and they're kind of shocked by how uh, the different energy of making films. There's so much, there's so many elements because you, you don't just do it, you know, everything's out of order and then they're like waiting on the light, this or that, or you could be having this major dramatic scene and they're like, hold on, you know, holding for the plane, let's get another light in here. You know, it's not. It's not as nearly the actor's medium, you know. It's mm. it's so collaborative with so many elements that you know if you're if you don't want to do all that. I mean, I, I love film and I love TV, but I came out here to do film and TV, and the next thing I knew, I was producing theater. You know, like I was in LA, and you know, people always like, well, how do you make a living doing theater in LA? And I'm like, well, I leave LA. You know, you have to like leave Los Angeles to make good theater. And so I started doing the. The festival circuit, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe, the Adelaide Fringe, the Canadian Fringes, the comedy fests and theater festivals, and and I've been on the road for 20 years until the pandemic. <laughs> dun dun dun! <laughs> Holy! So how how did that come out? How what was the? Do you remember the day that you had to shut everything down? What was that like? Oh God! Yes. I and know. Speaking of wigs, it was a, it was a. I can directly relate it back to wigs. You're welcome. And that is, I had just that day. Uh, all right, so I was about to produce a David Bowie show on the circuit, uh, like a, a one-man David Bowie, where I was going to portray different stages from his career and all this kind of stuff. And I had just had this wig artist drop off this specialty wig uh, for Bowie, and it was the beautiful, kind of beautiful Ziggy mullet, you know, like that wonderful wonderful like spiky red and she perfectly styled it um and uh i just i was so excited to get it and that was the day that i realized um i might not get to tour it 
It might be, I mean, of course, at the time I was like, oh no, it might be a couple months. I wasn't like a year later not getting to wear that wig, looking at it in my closet, going, I'll get back to you, Bowie. I'll get back to you. Holy cow. Who made it? First off, tell us, I want all the deets. Who did you go to? Oh, well, I am very lucky that I know a lot. That's another thing about kind of being in the industry for a long time, and I'm sure this is with you too, you get to know all the people you can trust in different fields of of the industry that you don't necessarily, that aren't your specialty, you know? And I don't know if you do that when you put together your podcast, but um, I find that, you know, if you find a really good sound person and a really good makeup person, a really great wig person, and, you know, you can get all of these uh, great professionals and, and, and if you're good to them, they want to come back to you for more projects. Um, and so the person who did my wigs is a, um, it does a lot of, of stuff here in LA film, but also a lot of the live, I don't know if you know this, but LA is the capital of immersive horror. Oh yeah. Uh, Los Angeles has more immersive horror than any other uh, city in the world, which is wild. But like, you know, you think about Not Scary Farm and Disneyland has it universal, but also just all these wonderful uh, like horror events that are not just scary, but just like the kind of the macabre and shows about Poe and things like that. Well. Her name is Angela Santori, uh, S-A-N-T-O-R-I. And she does, uh, she's a hairstylist and makeup artist here in LA. And she did, she's on hold to make Bowie come to life for me at some point. <laughs> on hold. Uh, well, we're all on hold right now, but that's okay. Yep. We're, we're yeah. doing it. We're making it through. And we're, we're evolving, I hope. Well, speaking of evolving, so you've taken this to Zoom. You've taken yeah. your whole product. How, yeah. what was that process like? Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let me tell you, uh, let's, um, you know, we want to be the best you know, at what we can do. And sometimes we, you know, we do master classes or we do whatever. Well, I had, you know, I did the second city conservatory and I love that to really work on comedy and stuff and all these writing and clown classes. And well, one summer I went out to London to do a clowning class at, at RADA and I had so much fun that I thought, and, and I'm, I'm older, you know, but I thought, you know what, I could go back to school. And I never finished my bachelor's long ago. And I thought, well, they're not gonna let me in. But I went ahead and applied. And based off of life experience, I got into the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London to get my master's. Oh. And, and so I went for two years. This was, I got my degree December right before things fell apart. Um, I went back and I lived in London, uh, getting my degree in kind of experimental theater and immersive interactive theater and uh i told you i told you la is the capital of immersive horror london is just the immersive and interactive theater capital of the world they have more weird underground shows where the next thing you know you're in a, a jumpsuit hopping in a car to go across town in some weird play that somebody's in the front seat acting and you're back and you're like just weird wonderful bizarre things and i grew up with mainstream theater you know, mm -hmm. I grew up with with off Broadway and Broadway, you know, yeah. but to go there and see what's happening with the May it's evolving. So I came to L.A. afterwards. And for my thesis project, um, I produced an immersive show here in L.A. that only 10 people at a time could attend. And um, that those 10 people it was called the shadow space. Yeah. And those 10 people that attended were dead. There were ghosts and they got to go into a house where living people were, were having their lives and eavesdrop on the living. So the audience gets to do go wherever and be wherever. And I would I did it because I wanted to break down the fourth wall to where if the actors were whispering, the audience 
had to run up and lean in and listen to hear what the heck they were saying or you'd miss it. And you can follow different people in different rooms, kind of like Punch Drunk does in New York. And, and that was taking off. That was my, my concept. Pandemic happens. What do you do? What do, what do all the touring artists, what do all the people that do, you know, interactive theater, even if it's clowning or juggling or busking or stand up or, you know, what, what do we all do? And I think we're all just in shock. Were you in shock for a while? Well, I mean, I just finished a show. So I kind of like, was like, I needed a break. So when March happened, it was like, I was ready to start. And then Ah. I'm like, oh, there's no show. Oh, you've been, you were on a long break. I, (laughs) holy cow. I'm, I'm, I'm fresh. I'm ready to work. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) I've been for my close up. (laughs) Right. So holy cow that, yeah. The, it's been hard, but it's been good in the same breath. I've been able to do different things like as you have. Yeah. It's really um, crazy how we had to mold and change. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, the first thing I did was go to a lot of shows that were happening. And a lot of people just tried to take their show that was going to happen in real life and do it online. Mm. You know, and, and just basically you would watch it. And I watched a lot of shows and, you know, it. it's different, you know, I mean, I mean, there's, what do we love about theater? Why do we love it? We love it because it's, it's uh, of course, it's a good escape, but also like we're kind of, even if you're just sitting in an audience, you're still a part of the show. Yeah. You're not just a spectator. Even if you're sitting in a theater seat, you're still part of it. It's There's this electricity in the air. And so how do we capture that on Zoom? On Zoom when it feels like, oh, I need to check my Twitter and let's see what's going on, on Instagram. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we were so, we don't dedicate ourselves to watching something on a screen in the same way that we do to theater. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I always loved theater. When I worked on Broadway, I would sit in the theater when no one was there and oh, just the electricity, oh, yeah. you know, or between shows. And you're just like, I just need a minute. I just need a minute to read, like, you know, you're backstage in the hustle muscle and I just sit and it's so quiet. And you just, yeah. it's a different feel, Oh, there's you know? There's magic, you know, people don't, you know, if you live in it, if it's your world, then and it's taken away, um, you feel like I, it, everything feels two-dimensional. Nothing has any spark. Every and, and I don't just mean performing. I mean no the the theater that it's it's a sacred space. And I know that sounds cheesy, but if you go all the way back to cavemen or shaman, you know, telling stories about why the sun rises and everyone sitting around listening to that story, there's magic. There's there's something bigger than us that happens when a story captures people. And I spent a long time watching these shows happen online and even watching improv shows happen and stand up once, once the pandemic happened. And, and I thought, God, we've got to do something else. Mm-hmm. Got something, not that there's anything, you know, it's, it's still great to support your friends and still, yeah. you know, but we're spending so much time on Netflix and then we go watch our friend's show and it doesn't feel much different, you know, other than maybe less professional. Um, (laughs) um, So what I did is I started watching my nephew who was doing zoom school. And after he'd do zoom school, he'd go play video games and then he'd watch a YouTube video and then he'd watch some Netflix. And then, you know, and I thought all of it is passive. And, and this was when we were major lockdown in LA, we weren't allowed to go. We really shouldn't go out anywhere. Um, and you know which is the way if we all just do that for three weeks we could be done with this um but but anyway i started thinking how can it be interactive like i love participatory theater how can this be an immersive experience 
And I thought back to when I used to long ago play <laughs> play D and D basement of a of a friend's house back when I was super nerdy because you know I'm no longer nerdy, of course, but oh. when I was when I was, you know, um, and I thought about how those were really interactive games. You know, those were like it was a, if you had a good game master or dungeon master, they uh -huh. were a great storyteller, and that led me to create adventure parties because I wanted to transport people away from their living room, their home, their, all their, you know, all the worry in their house and go on a story, go on a journey that was theatrical where they were a part of it. So when people come to an adventure party, they are a participant. And I'm pretty good at gauging whether or not people want to play a lot or not. If somebody just wants to kind of, you know, just kind of barely participate. Right, right. I'm good at knowing. You know, there's nothing worse than being called out and like being brought up on the stage on a magic show if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> right. Have you been in that situation? No, no, no. Oh. no I say some of the best acting I've ever done has been in the front row of a bad magic show where I'm like, ooh, wow, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so so ask me ask me a question about adventure movies. Yeah. So what um, what was one of the things that you had to put in that you didn't th you normally wouldn't like in a normal show? What is something that you had to add in that you wouldn't normally put in a like a, a production show, you know, because it is online? OK, Here, here's something I I wanted to it to be active. But here we are sitting at our screen, just like we always do. How do we make it active? Um, and. So I thought what you usually want to do, the most important thing I think of any theater experience or storytelling or anything is connection, how to be connected to the audience. And so the last thing you want to do is, is totally lose that connection with your audience. But I thought I got to get people up and moving. So throughout the adventure, people, I might say uh, someone's, you're in, let's say in one of the stories, you're in 18th century Scotland, it's like Highlander, I mean, like Outlander, the TV show, and you're down, you're, you're there you are trying to fit in, and someone falls down in a, in a hole or is captured, and you've got to go down and get them. So uh, there's a lock on it, on the cage. What are you going to do? Wait, all right, I'll give you 20 seconds to find a bobby pin. Go, 20, 19, and people are like, oh gosh, and they hop <laughs> up and they have to run, find a bobby pin and come back and then see if they can get the lock undone. I'm like, well, you got to get down there. You got 20 seconds to find rope or, st or strong string. 20, 19, 18, and people are like, oh gosh. So they're getting up and I've, yeah, I'm actually forcing people to leave their computer and go on a scavenger hunt in their house or wherever they are. I had one guy doing the show from inside Target one time. And uh, had him running around Target finding objects. Um, and he was literally running up to people being like, I have to find, I have to find a necklace. Where are the necklaces? And people were like, what? He's like, quick, I've only got 10 seconds. You know, and and so I just wanted to be active. And and so I've never done anything like that before. Oh, I that's genius, to be honest, to make them, because uh, no audience member would ever have to do that. Like, right. run around and look for a bobby pin. <gasps> I mean, I th I know where one is, but oh, okay. that's uh, you would have it. <laughs> I, I would have it, and quickly, and quickly. Um, so, um, so you've been doing all age levels, right? You you've done age all age levels. What made you go to to like you know younger children to to get them? Well, honestly, I I thought I didn't know so many of us would be interested in. It. I started with kids because I felt bad about 
about all the in Zoom school and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create a play way to hang out with friends, which we all just want to hang out with people, and and go on a journey together. So I started creating these stories uh, in the style of a lot of things, like in the style of uh, Among Us or Legos or hmm. um, Percy Jackson or Harry Potter, you know, in the style of those things yeah. um, for kids. And the next thing I knew, I had uh, my friend saying, well, like, I want to go out with my friend. Like, I want to go on a journey. So it was uh, it was near Halloween. And I started, I created this horror adventure um, that is, uh, you know, people are possessed. And during this, if someone in the horror adventure is possessed, I send them lines that they have to stay because they're no longer in control of their bodies. And so, I mean, on every level, it's not just a scavenger hunt. It's a, it's a kind of choose your own adventure. It's, uh, you know, it, all these different elements I started doing. And now I do many more adult parties than I do kids because people want, we just want to get out and hang out with our friends. And when I do it with adults, it's usually a drinking game too. So, you know, <laughs> I'll say a certain word and that's the drinking word and everybody yells hooray and drinks and you know and and how do we talk about a really good story we talk about it as if it really happened and my goal is to have these people talk about like oh my god I can't believe you grabbed that torch off the wall and and tried to keep the zombie away or whatever is happening you know um but I tell them before we start if you were coming if you were coming to the thing I'd say Daniel I want to tell you right now I'm your guide but whether or not you you succeed or whether or not you even survive is not up to me it's up to the choices you make uh, and the roll of the dice like that that is it you know so people are sometimes people die or people you know make huge you successes it's i wanted it to be every adventure to be different and so i have structures but when people come in they make the, the choices i i want to know how I want to know how, like, that's really true. To be honest, how do you get that creative? How, as you're saying all of this, I know, like, for wigs, like, you could, you do a roller, you put it in, but how, where did it come from? Where did all of this spark, like, obviously, okay. like, well, one, you know? Like, thank you. Well, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll once again bring it back to wigs. I know that's important. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that is, I love make-believe. I love the creative imagination and more than ever, anything else i love stories and a lot of the people i know do too and that doesn't to say that i don't like people that are like oh please don't pick on me or oh i don't like to get dressed up for halloween but most of us want a little bit of an escape mm. and costumes are are such an escape never has anyone put on a wig and felt exactly the same after they put it on than before they put it on you put it on and you go and whatever it is, you go, ooh, you know what I mean? It's uh, like, it's like Chaplin when he found his, when he found that bowler, you know what I mean? Uh, like we feel different. And I, I love that so many people want to play. We want to play. And we are in, in an era before the pandemic too, where, where theater is evolving to where we want to, we want to play and we want to be in it. Not everybody, but mm. a lot of times we want to, we want a, an experience that, that we're, we are a part of the story. And so when people show up, they don't have to, but they're encouraged if they feel like it to come in costume and a surprising amount do. And uh, during the Scottish Highland adventure, I've seen so many wild ginger wigs and, <laughs> and big swords and kilts and, you know, and during the, um, you know, during some of my other adventures, like the, uh, the, the myths and monsters adventure, people will come, you know, dressed with big swords or, you know, all these, these great, things where people want to play and if you want an experience with your friends where you all show up 
and you get to have a drinking experience where you game where you're in costume and you're wearing a wild wig and you're having fun and you're like a part of it I, I this is the answer to your question i want to share creativity mm. i'm not i don't want to i don't want to be in a place with theater where i where i just show people things and they get to go oh that was nice Mm. I, I had a nice time at the theater. <laughs> I want them, I want them to say, "Oh my god, I can't believe you went into that cave after that orc or uh, you know or whatever." I want people to 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 be energized in a way that immersive theater does. And I'm so I'm sorry if I'm I sound too jazzed up about it, but no! I just think it's it's the important right now especially when we're all so passive at home that that we can that we can be a part of it. If I take you to the Wild West, you come in a hat and big mustache and, you know, we're stuck in our houses. We gotta play. Does normal theater bore you? Oh, no. Because <laughs> I, I love stories. And if the story is good, and if I can escape into it, uh, you know, I, I don't have to, I, I don't have to jump up on the stage. Oh, I like to, but I don't have to. Um, you know, have you ever heard of the Moth Story Hour? The Moth? Mm -mm, no. The Moth is just storytelling. And I would look it up if you could. It's all over the world now. And they have these storytelling competitions where there's a, a bucket uh, uh, and you put your name in it when you get there, when it was live. Oh. And you would put, they would pull your name out, you get up and you have five minutes to tell a story about a different topic. And I wondered when I was watching it, like, what is it that makes a good or bad story? What, what do you think, Daniel? Um, engaging yeah. you know something that that you want to like connect with first off yeah. or relate yeah sure yeah i think that's that's a, a big key to it and and you know and one of the things is if you know why is it that some people can tell a story and be so boring true you know? yeah <laughs> and and i figured it out and and i'm not going to take full credit uh, jerry Katzman. he's an amazing comedy but when when someone tells a story and they keep saying i i i oh i did this and i went here and i did this then we are definitely not a part of their story. Mm. We are just watching them tell their story. But if someone gets up and they say, oh, you're not going to believe this. What would, you know, if, if you were doing that, like, okay, here's an example. If I said, and this is true, my father was a hell's angel. And as a kid, he would tell me this and, you know, I, he would give me crazy advice. That might be interesting to you. Right. But if I say to you, if your father is a hell's angel, he's going to give you some crazy advice. Then you're going, what advice would he give me? Then you're putting yourself in the story and I'm just in a very, very small way made in an immersive experience as opposed to a spectatorship. Lit you literally did, because I'm like, what would my father say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just, so I'm not bored if I can be included or if I can put myself in the space of the actors or the story, then then it's engaging. Like you said, it has to be engaging. Uh, I, I <laughs> You have Sorry, my mind going a mile a minute. No, I'm trying to think of like, just try to stay on topic and, and holy cow. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll just, who would play you in a film of your life? Oh God, <laughs> but I don't get to play me, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, I love that question. All right, while I'm thinking, please tell me who would play you, Daniel. Who? Oh, no. Um, who would? <laughs> See, I didn't even answer my own. We'll both, we'll both think about it. Yeah, we're gonna both. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I Nathan Lane. I mean, oh, I love Nathan Lane. Of course, 
Oh, that'd be wonderful. Nathan Lane's going to be a great you. He's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Oscar winner. Bond wig. Um, all right. I think, I think the fun me wants to think like, uh, what's the guy in Breck Meyer? The fun me wants to think, and he was the skateboarder in Clueless long ago. The fun me wants to think like he would play it. But the realistic me probably thinks, what's the guy's name? He was the, the one in, My, in Little Miss Sunshine that wasn't talking at first. And then uh, he was also the, 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 the guy in uh, There Will Be Blood, the preacher guy. Um, oh, he was also the scarecrow guy in the bad movie. <laughs> Am I going to IMDb this? Literally, that is what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, look up Little Miss Sunshine. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so bad at names. <laughs> no, I'm even worse. If it makes you feel any better. Um. <laughs> well, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, Paul Dano. Paul Dano is his name. Yep. And he's a, he's a serious, weird actor that is a little bit dark. And as much as I want to think I'm just the fun skateboarding kid of 25 years ago, I'm probably Paul Dano, and I've got some, I've seen some I've seen some bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! Well, I want to thank you for being on this. So, where can people find you? Where can people go? What where where do we want them to go? I want well, my people to come have fun and get immersed. Oh, let's go! Get, put on your wigs. Put on a costume. Have some fun. Let's get theatrical. Go to adventure-party.com. That's adventure-party.com. You can read through all the different themes. You can choose a theme with your friend and go out on one of these adventures. Um, my theater company is called The Best Medicine Productions, and you can go to thebestmedicineproductions.com. Um, but I can't wait till you fit the perfect wig on my head someday and help transform me into something fabulous. I would love it. So, oh my gosh. So guys, make sure you check him out and then, um, Maybe we'll have to do a wig hacker date and we're all gonna go and have a big oh party. God. Everyone gets dressed up. Ah! Choose one. I wanna see wild wigs, the bigger the better. Um, yes. And I'll, I'll take you out of this world. We'll go on a wild adventure and it'll be unlike anything you've ever done. So, uh, Daniel, I can't thank you so much for, thank now, for, you so for doing this. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Wig Hackers. I love talking all things hair and wigs. So if you have a question, come follow me on Instagram at Daniel Coy Official. I love helping and inspiring other hair artists. So don't be afraid to reach out. And remember, do your hair because if you're looking good, you're feeling better. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.